In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, who are you? And who are you really? So most of us wake up in the morning and take on the day, hoping that not everyone is going to see us for who we really are. Because really, we want the world to see us at our best, not who we get up out of bed being. Right? We want the world to see us after we've had our two cups of coffee, after we've brushed our teeth, after we've gotten dressed. We want them to see us when we have it all together. There are times where we are like the Wizard of Oz. We want our neighbors and coworkers and friends to see us when we project strength and competence. But let's not pull back the curtain to show the world who we really are. Because who are we really and does it matter? Well, Jesus deals with this question, and I think he has an answer to this question. Jesus says, you are, you are the salt of the earth, and you are the light of the world. Well, Jesus is continuing in the spirit of the Beatitudes that we heard last Sunday. And you'll remember we said that the Beatitudes are not prescriptive. Jesus doesn't say, blessed are you, if you act like a meek person, blessed are you if you show mercy. Instead, Jesus makes declarations about who is in the kingdom. And most importantly, Jesus tells us who he has come to be for us. He has come to be the meek one for us. He has come to be the persecuted one, the pure in heart for our sake. Well, in today's gospel, from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is continuing this very idea. Jesus is not giving us conditionals. He doesn't say, if you follow all the rules, then you are the light of the world. Nor does he say, if you wake up in the morning in a good mood, feeling great and friendly and helpful, then you are the salt of the earth. Instead, Jesus simply says, you are. That's a present description of your identity. As soon as you wake up, as soon as your feet hit the floor in the morning, whether you're caffeinated or not, that's you. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And most of us probably can confess that we don't wake up feeling like God's gift to the world. If you do, more power to you. But most of us wake up knowing the challenges of the day ahead, and piecing together whatever task await us. And so how is it that Jesus can so confidently say about us that we are the salt of the earth? We are the light of the world. Well, the second part of our reading offers some help. Jesus says he did not come to abolish the law and the prophets. He says he has come to fulfill them. That is, he has come to complete them. In other words, he has come to live out everything they prescribe. Every truth that the Old Testament speaks of is made complete in Jesus Christ. Every commandment that we receive in the Old Testament, Jesus fulfills completely. And so it seems that Jesus was anticipating an objection. And so the objection that he was anticipating is this. Well, Jesus, how can you call your disciples salt of the earth and light of the world. They don't follow the law perfectly. How come these fishermen, these common men who follow you are salt and light? 
How come the scribes and the Pharisees, the ones who really know the law well, who really know the Bible, how come they're not salt and light? Why are these men who follow you? What's special about them? And so Jesus is telling us that we are made righteous by his righteousness. Right? He calls his disciples among the common men, among fishermen, among the regular men of Galilee, precisely for that point. Not because there's anything special in them, not because they know the law better than anyone else, not because they're more gifted than anyone else, but because they rely on him. And we cannot keep all the law. We know that. We cannot live without sin. We do sin. We are sinners, and we confess that every week. But our confession is that Christ does live without sin. And so Jesus has lived out the law perfectly for us so that we are truly free to be salt and light in this world. And so when you wake up in the morning, you are the salt and the light because of what Jesus has done for you. And that's good news because it means you're entirely free to love and serve your neighbor. Even if you don't feel holy, you don't feel adequate, Jesus is telling us, we are. It doesn't matter if you know you are a sinner in need of God's mercy, because certainly you are, but that doesn't disqualify you from being salt of the earth. Right? It's what Christ has done for you that declares you to be the light of the world. That's exactly what your baptism was all about. In fact, in our baptism services, we read this part of the gospel text to the person being baptized. We light a candle using the Paschal candle, and we say, let your light shine so before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Right? Because when you are baptized, you are made the light of the world. And the candle that we hand out symbolizes this. But the light of Christ's resurrection, the light of Christ's perfection, becomes the light that you reflect when you're baptized. When you live as a Christian, you're reflecting his perfection. And that's God's promise to you. He makes you the light of the world because in your baptism, he unites you to his son. And so you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Like salt, you bring out the good flavors of the world. You improve and enhance the world around you. Like light, you shine goodness into this world. You dispel darkness you reflect the glory of God in your life and you bring hope into brokenness in this world. You do that. But nearly all of us, I think, will object because all of us know that we are inadequate sinners. We know that we can be grumpy. We know that we are often curmudgeons, that we have no interest in shining light in this world. We can be so easily annoyed with our neighbors and there are so many times where we just want to be left alone. There are times when whether we like it or not, we are selfish and self-serving. And there are times where we just feel insignificant. You know, what good do we bring to the world? We can think that we are nobody special. There's nothing important in us. There's nothing we really need to bring to the world. And we all experience those feelings and those doubts. But the truth is, what Christ is telling us, you are salt and light, regardless of your self-esteem, regardless 
of your doubts, regardless of what you believe about yourself, you are salt and light. And you're salt and light not because there is anything uniquely special in you. You're not salt and light just because you have unique gifts and talents that no one else has. You're not salt and light because you have a sunny disposition, nor are you salt and light because you're especially holy. But you're salt and light because you are united to Christ in your baptism. You are salt and light because in your baptism, God gave you the Holy Spirit. And he's the one who has given you faith and grows it in your heart. And so everything you do in this world out of faith, all of that, which helps your family, helps your neighbor, everything you do being faithful to the God who made you, that is glorifying God. That is shining God's goodness into this world. It's reflecting his glory. One of my favorite pieces of writing for Martin Luther uh, is what, what he called, a little essay he called on the estate of marriage or the goodness of marriage. And so Luther describes the glorious task God gives us in family life. So in Luther's day, menial task and family life were seen as unspiritual. And so in Luther's day, if you really wanted to be spiritual, if you really wanted to be close to God, then you needed to leave your family, leave your home, and go join a monastery. Spend your days praying and reading the Bible and doing those kinds of good works. That's how you got to be really spiritual. Well, Luther pushes back on that. And Luther criticizes those who say that family life, things like rocking a baby, changing a diaper, cleaning a house, helping children with schoolwork, tending a garden, taking out the trash, all of those types of things are beneath the spiritual life. Luther says that's not so. And so Luther instead says that for Christians, those kinds of tasks are actually the high point of our life of faith. So he writes, what then does Christian faith say to this? It opens its eyes, it's opened its eyes, it looks upon all of these insignificant, distasteful, and despised duties in the spirit. And it becomes aware that they are all adorned with divine approval, as with costliest gold and jewels. It says, oh God, because I am certain that you have created me as a man and have created my body and begotten this child, I know for certain that it meets with your perfect pleasure. I confess to you that I am not worthy to rock this little baby, to wash its diapers, to be entrusted with the care of this child, to be entrusted with the care of this child's mother. How is it that I, without any merit, have come to this distinction of being certain that I am serving your creature and your most precious will? Oh, how gladly will I do it. And Luther is saying that whatever task you undertake in your life, if it's done to serve one another, if it's done to serve God, then it's a truly blessed thing to do. And because Christ has redeemed you and he has claimed you, he has in fact redeemed your whole life. He has redeemed all the work you do. He has redeemed your vocations. How you spend your time, how you make your money, those things are redeemed by Christ. Christ makes us salt and light. And so all of those little things that we often consider the drudgeries of life, all of those things that we think are insignificant, are actually in God's eyes great spiritual works. 
because we're doing them as ones united to Christ. They all point to God's care in this world. When God sees us serving one another, when he sees us going about our vocations, God doesn't see sinners doing those things, inadequate sinners. He sees Christ himself doing those things through us. The ELCA has a motto that it's used for years, God's work, our hands. In our identities as ones united to Christ, as the salt and light in this world, we share in God's work. And so when we go about our lives, we go about it as salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. And so Christ here encourages us. He wants us to know that we are to go about our work and our life cheerfully and courageously because he has redeemed us. Amen. <laughs>